what are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague, and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Not to mention the fact that you're talking to a dead guy. Now, what do you think? You think I'm qualified? The spirits of a deceased couple are harassed by an unbearable family that has moved into their home post-mortem and hire a malicious spirit to drive them out. That's right, tonight on Extras and Epilogues, we are talking about the 1988 classic Mr. Mom starring Michael Key. Wait, no. I got my weeks mixed up. Again. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's uh, uh, that three right years one? from now. Okay. We're doing that one three years from now. Okay, yeah. Mr. Mom in 2026. All right, gotcha. No, we're talking yes. about Beetlejuice here on Extras and Epilogues. <laughs> Welcome to the theater, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Shannon Young. I am going to be your host tonight. With me, of course, we have Hunter Hendricks. A nice fucking model. 42 seconds in. 42 seconds yeah. in. If I get any further. That's, this is the, one of the only PG movies that has an F word in it. I gotta, you gotta do something with it. Yeah. 42 seconds. I don't think it was 42 seconds into the movie. We'll talk about that here in a second. <laughs> For the first time with us tonight, you may know her from such classics as After Dark, uh, 2020 through 2023, it's Shelby Kimball. Hey, I don't think we survived that crash. <laughs> <laughs> Shelby, of course. How's your um, arm? <laughs> Shelby, of course, most recently you appeared on the Hollow's Eve Tales episode, um, Field yes. Trip of the Dead, a fantastic turn as Dr. Irene Richards, and you did that while you were sick, and we appreciate your sacrifice. You did a fantastic job. It was um, fun, when Hunter mentioned that he wanted to do Beetlejuice for October, the first thing we both said was, we have to get Shelby on here or she will <laughs> yep. kill us. Yep, she that's correct. Absolutely decimate us. And so we put the call out. We're recording this later than we usually record, but for Shelby, we'll do that. That's what we right. do for Shelby Kimball. So if you've never seen Beetlejuice, what's wrong with you? It's, yeah, shame on you. It's an Where the hell have you been? Absolute classic. I think it was one of the first movies I ever saw Michael Keaton in. You got the basic plot of it there. Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis die in a car accident, and new people move into the house. They're terrible people. They would fit right along in the house of Usher, except for their daughter Lydia, who is pretty cool, and the original Hot Topic girl, in my opinion. That's correct. Yes. They hire a ghost by the name of Beetlejuice, played by Michael Keaton, who is a real nasty spirit, to drive them out. Hilarity ensues. Hijinks abound. It's a fantastic movie. So, Hunter, de- in, in, in full disclosure here, I actually saw the cartoon before I ever saw the movie. This is like a Ghostbusters, real Ghostbusters thing. How dare you steal my introduction? Oh, I God. also did the <laughs> exact oh. same thing. True right. story. How is that yeah. even possible? What about you, uh, Shelby? Because we were growing up when the cartoon was on TV. Yep. That's why. You, you kids. <laughs> I mean, I watched some... We had those channels where all it was was just old cartoons that were 10 years out of date because my parents didn't pay for certain <laughs> channels. Because, you know, that was a thing you could do back then. You but could, yeah, so, no, I, it was mainly movies. Like, we didn't really watch too much TV. We just binged movies, and that was how I found it. You could also right. uh, manipulate the old satellite dishes, and if you did it just the right way, you could unscramble the porn channels 
And that's how young teenage Shannon was introduced to women. And he's you not flipped right at the time you said that, and the timing could not have been more perfect, by the way. I Damn thought it, it was on purpose. You Damn froze it. with your mouth saying the beginning of the word pull, and then it just <laughs> <laughs> Um I looked because I was I was curious there. So the animated series, and I know we're we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here. Sure. I'm getting ahead of ourselves. Uh the animated series ran from eighty nine to ninety three. So it was on for four seasons, meaning that if it ended in ninety three, I was eight. I was um, eleven. <laughs> Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, it, it was literally on. Shelby was two was people on. at the time. It ended when she was two different. It sounds like she's got at least a couple of people in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it was. It was right at the height of like, and I'm sure it ran in like reruns on Nickelodeon and stuff after that anyway. So I'm seeing it at that time in real time. There, there's a possibility I saw the movie first, but if I did, I straight up do not remember it. 88, I was three. Well, okay. So I definitely didn't see it in the theater. No, Hunter, I think you, we talked about this on the show before. You and I, I believe, both saw it in the same way was in school when they had movie days. Beetlejuice, at least with me. So I, I grew yeah, up. Yeah, there's a distinct possibility. Yeah. If Tanner, uh, I don't know if I know Tanner's in here. He's much younger than me. So I don't know if it was still hit, but he and I grew up in the same area. But uh, at Meridian, they would do movie days. Um, every so often, like towards the end of the semester, and Beetlejuice was always one of the movies you could always watch. Beetlejuice, they played it all the time. That and that yeah. weird movie with Martin Short, where he was the kid, for some reason. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. The one where no. he, it's, it's Martin Short's face and his head, but it's on a kid's body. I really I don't like uh, I don't like. Is it called Clifford? Uh, let me look it up real quick. I'm looking it up real quick. With Charles Grodin? Yep, yep. yep. From 94? Yep, that's the one. I Googled Googled Martin Short as a kid, and instead of images of him as a child coming up, (laughs) that's what came up. It's kind of sad that that's where that went. Um, He was never Yeah, no, I definitely don't remember that. Scary (laughs) movie. He was just fully formed at 87. And and Arachnophobia. Um, That was the other movie. Because it was those safe safe movies for kids. What the hell? (laughs) What are you watching? No, I... I, um, I don't know that we were watching Beetlejuice at school. We watched Hocus Pocus. I remember that one. We talked about that on the last episode with Lindsay. Um, Beetlejuice, I, I almost, and I could be wrong about this. Here's what I think. McDonald's had a promotion in the 90s where they gave away like VHS tapes where you like you would like turn something in or like you didn't win it. It was like a you buy a thing and you get a thing. And I know for a fact that I got Wayne's World from that. I feel like Beetlejuice was one of those movies too. Yeah. And I think maybe that that's sense. how we got our VHS copy. That would make sense. Uh, I'm pretty sure I had a bootleg copy because my mom, she, my mom didn't buy a lot of movies, but she had friends who could afford them. And so they would make bootlegs for, her and we would get them on, you know, redub tape. So like, I'm sure the quality was not great when I got it, but I did like the movie. I, I grew up loving Beetlejuice, and I, I think we watched the movie because I liked the cartoon so much. And yet, if you were yeah. to ask me a single question about the cartoon, I could not answer it because I don't remember a damn thing. It was all puns, and they were all amazing, and I love it. Well, yeah, because you <laughs> I was going to say, BJ. well, fortunately, we have someone here who can handle that for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you had Uncle uh, Hunter, you had Uncle BJ there. And Grindiana Bones. Yeah, you could just call him Beach too. 
I don't, it's true, and she did a lot. All of also, I don't like it. quickly, I was totally wrong. The movie I was thinking of was The Addams Family. They they did a, a VHS giveaway, and the mm. movies that at that time were Wayne's World, uh, The Addams Family, and and a couple of others. So it wasn't Beetlejuice. Considering where I grew like up, it. I'm surprised that they did show Beetlejuice and not like Menace to Society or <laughs> Hoop Dreams. What about uh, uh, <laughs> oh shit? Um, What's the the Tales from the Crypt? Uh, Demon Knight. Demon Knight. That one. Yeah, there you yeah, go. But I think yeah. that I think that one was actually a little bit past. Like I graduated in 1971, and Demon <laughs> Knight was in 1995. So yeah, that was you, that were, was, you were watching it back on Laserdisc, right? I, I actually <laughs> I was the inspiration for the movie Clifford because I had that big adult head on that little tiny boy body. Hunter, it was it was it was the opposite of the little buff boys competition. It was heads of man, bodies of boy. Boys. Yeah. Oh, so Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Um, <laughs> I I come across some, some very bizarre trivia about this movie when I was looking this up today to put some some notes together. Uh stuff that I so ever since I did, you know, actually see this movie sometime in the 90s anyway. Um, it's one of those things that has really never quite fallen off my radar. I wouldn't say Ghostbusters ever fell off, but there was definitely a period of time where I didn't make a point to watch it every single year. Beetlejuice, for whatever reason, keeps coming back for me. Like I've said his name three times every year. Um, <laughs> my dad loves this movie. Like there are a few movies that my dad and I have really bonded over. And I know I've told you guys about like Tombstone and uh, Christmas Vacation. We both love that. But I literally, Sarah and I were watching it earlier. We just finished watching it about uh, an hour ago at this point. Um, and that bit at the beginning where he does the commercial and he's like basically the car salesman, but he's also like the rodeo guy. <laughs> the little bit where he does the, it's the little jingle. And remember, I'll eat anything you want me to eat. And he's just like dancing around. My dad does that at least once a time every time that we see him. It comes up somehow in conversation. And I mean, it is shot for shot perfect. It just, it kills me. So for whatever reason, those two are always like inextricable for me. My dad and and Beetlejuice and that that part specifically. Um, so I've definitely watched it with them. Uh, Sarah and I watched it in college. We've been watching it. It seems, it seems like at least once a year, every year since. Um, to the point that I know I, I know for a fact I've told you guys that you know that that little I don't know if it's long enough to call it a monologue, but when they ask about his qualifications, I mean it's one of the first things I memorized from movies that just like he, stuck he with me lot. from yeah. From it, Juilliard to Exorcist, yeah, I can do it's, it every it's time. It's that, and it's that goddamn Norm Macdonald joke from Conan. Is <laughs> the boy can die every day? Every day I wake <laughs> up and I don't see recognize the guy I see in the mirror. Uh, um, Beetlejuice actually scared me as a kid. Like, yeah. it actually scared me. Yep. The two the two parts I remember specifically. Uh, the part where oh, I, and I'm a little fuzzy on. It. I didn't get to watch it today, unfortunately. I'm going off of memory. Uh, but the part where they have like the stretched out bird faces. Oh, where yeah. they're learning how to contort their faces. Yeah, creeped, when they mess uh, themselves up. That was so creepy. And then there was another yeah. part where uh, is there a part where one of them rips their own face off or something? Am I imagining yes. that? Yeah. Uh, um, was it Gina Davis? I just blanked on her name. Yeah, I, I can't think of the character's name. Barbara. Uh, she. It's when they're first trying to scare the Dietzes out of their house. She's hanging by the neck in the closet, and when they open the closet, she's hanging there. She grabs her own face off. And yes. screams. Yeah. And screams. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, I, and then I, they just like scoot her out of the way, like yeah. clothes, because they're like, "Oh God, look at all this." Yeah, I it's didn't so like small. that. I didn't like that part. 
little little, <laughs> little Shannon that was scared of E.T. Now you got a woman in the closet ripping her face off <laughs> and screaming. Mm-mm. Like the as a that, child, Delia was the part I hated the most just because I was like, she feels so out of place. But as I got older, I was like, I actually understand Delia's part in this whole thing. And she makes <laughs> it work. And I, I'm a little upset that she's perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Catherine O'Hara can do no wrong. I, I don't think I've ever seen her in something that that just like I went, eh, you know, that wasn't great. Yeah. Even if the movie's not great, she's she's always just like spot on. Um for for me, what bothered me as a kid, and Shannon, you know this from playing Fallout with me. I don't like big bugs. He doesn't like, like big bugs. bugs. Don't work for me. I'm not it a big fan of the honey beast in Fallout. It's a big mutated bee. Don't love it. So um, while the I wasn't embodiment of Beetleman, just wasn't doing it for you. Cool. I I uh, the things that really got me. These are the dumb parts. So the one that that is understandable is is the the Beetlejuice snake. Didn't love that. Oh yeah, wasn't yeah, a big fan of that yeah. whole thing. Mm-mm. Um, nope. But the two kind of dumb things that bother me. I don't like when they like pull in on that fly that he eats like that giant. And it's obviously like a little, you know, animatronic thing that they're making. Don't care for that shit at all. Uh, even though it's not meant to be scary. And then, yeah, literally when he tries to, to get her to say the word beetle and the big ones behind her and just goes, Hey, how you doing? Uh, mm, 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 don't like that at all either. Yeah. Could not watch that shit when I was a kid. As a matter of fact, I know when it came up this time, Sarah like looked at me from the couch. I was like, you gonna, you gonna look away. I'm like, no, no, I'm going to watch this movie. <laughs> That and the song uh, at the end, I could never get it out of my head. It stuck. It's still stuck with me forever. <laughs> with the, the yeah, the conga line yeah. and the and the football player. Oh, no, that's or, jumping the line. Yeah, the yeah. very end is Harry Belafonte jumping yeah. the line. Everybody yeah. did that song at my school. <laughs> Everybody did that song at my school because of that damn movie. Oh, yeah. That's how catchy it was. And of course, like every other you know kid growing up in that era, I had a crush on Lydia because of course she did. She was just <laughs> awesome. Winona Ryder can also do no well, Shannon, She herself is strange and unusual. Um, that I, the there's, way she delivers it. <laughs> there's so much of that movie that um, I, I definitely did not get as a kid. Sarah was just pointing out one that 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 she didn't catch originally. When uh, <laughs> it's another scene where the Maitlands are trying to scare everybody out of the house, and they're trying to scare uh, um, Delia. She is asleep, and she just leans up out of bed, turns the TV off, and lays back down. The, Lydia. The yeah, yeah. Lydia says, you know, uh, it's okay. She's she's uh, sleeping with Prince Valium tonight. And Sarah goes, you know how many years it took me to get that? <laughs> no idea. Had Who no clue what was happening there. That I've never heard <laughs> yeah, is why, is, why is Prince Valium not in the film? Right. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, to that end, though, it almost, if, if if that were literal, it would make sense because there's so much of this movie that is nowhere near what it was originally envisioned as. I'm sure Shelby knows all about this, but like all of, of not Tim Burton's necessarily, but a lot of his original ideas along then with the screenwriters are so different from what actually They're made so it to the screen. so fucked up. Um, for one, Shannon, do you know who was supposed to originally be Beetlejuice, according to Tim Burton, anyway, who he wanted to play him? I'm just going to assume from that time period, Nick Nolte. No, but I love no. where you're going with that. Uh, you. Shelby, tell him. Forgotten his name. <laughs> it I... is... You know, you can picture him, though, can't you? You yeah. can see him. Wait, yeah. hold on. Give me a hint. It's... Give me a hint. Give me a hint. I want to I win this. Rat Pack. Sinatra? No. no. Uh, Dean Martin. Sammy Davis Jr., baby. Sammy Davis as Beetlejuice? He yeah. wanted yeah. Sammy Davis Jr. as Beetlejuice. I'm so he glad He said he could happen. see it. 
Yeah, so so the demon version of him was supposed to be this like winged like demon thing, and then the human one would be it was kind of like like a gozer, like there was going to be like a normal person and then a giant ridiculous thing, um, and and very much Tim Burton was like, oh, I think that'd be great. He was one of my favorite entertainers when I was a kid. He looks non-threatening, and then we make him scary, and they all went. No, <laughs> no, we won't be doing that. Well, that you know it, that uh, that reminds me of, of Ghostbusters. Do you remember originally who they wanted yeah. to play? Um, Ghost Paul Rubens. Paul Rubens. Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, because yeah. he was non-threatening. He looked like an, yep. an average man, and they also went, "No, no, stop <laughs> trying to put these guys in weird roles like that." <laughs> um, uh, there were a bunch of other things changed. The, the screenwriters wanted a much darker movie from it, and the, one of the ones that I threw on here that I, I had never heard of. So you've probably heard about the differences in the car accident at the beginning. Um, it's supposed to be way more graphic, and there's a little artifact in there. I, I was referencing earlier uh, when they, they still come back from the dead and they're all dripping wet. Uh, Adam asks Barbara, how's your arm? And she's like, oh, it's really cold. Um, in the original version, when they go over the bridge, like it's pretty graphic, and her arm gets crushed by the car uh, that you actually see them drown instead of just the, the car goes underwater and that's it. Um, and so there were a, a bunch of like direct references to that. That one little one still snuck in there because they didn't reshoot that scene. Uh, but the one I put on here was the one that really got me uh, <laughs> in the original ending. Lydia was just going to die in a fire so that she could join the Maitlands in the afterlife. And then somebody smartly went, you know, maybe we shouldn't teach kids. If you have friends who are ghosts, just kill yourself. Kill yourself. Yeah. And then you can go hang out with them. They had a similar fear with 13 Reasons the Why. Before, uh, the one right after that, that was like, let's just abandon her with the ghosts instead. Yeah. And have the Maitlands go back to New York and just leave yep. Lydia with them. That, that was also sense. a thing that... That yeah. they were just going to go, you know, maybe you're better parents than we are. And then, so maybe. that scene that you see at the end would have been that. It just would have cut off at her dancing and not going to upstairs where the actual parents were. Yeah. I could see that ending working, especially with Tim Burton. Um, I think, I think now if somebody were to, well, first of all, nobody would ever take a chance on this fucking movie nowadays. But if somebody were to have attempted it at this point, you could have gotten away with a version of that. Some yeah. kind of an ending like that. I, I really love there's an actor in the film. Have to die, yeah, they couldn't just <laughs> abandon true. her. Because if they just abandoned her, that's that was true. Like, they would have to die and then the, her their ghost would take care of her kid. And you know, there's no therapist yeah. bills yeah. in that. Uh, one of one of my favorite actors that I never knew his name. I had to actually had to look it up because he's in a lot of films that I really liked and I always like him in it. And his name is Glenn Shaddix. And he played. Uh, oh yeah, Otho. Yeah, yeah Otho. He was also yeah. he was he was in uh, Demolition Man. He was like my favorite character in Demolition oh. Man, and he's so good in this movie. Um, yes. He he to me was my favorite character in the film, even as a kid watching it. it yeah. More than Beetlejuice, more than Lydia, more than the the two main characters. Uh, yeah. uh, he he was the guy. He always cracked me up. He was my favorite thing about it. Um, he's the, so. Um, Beetlejuice was my he, least favorite part of it. As weird as that is. Really? Yeah. I I. I can see that you you've never been big on like gross out type stuff, and Beetlejuice no. exists to gross out. Yes, like that's yeah. his whole thing. Yes, I like him more now, obviously, because I respect. I sure. love Michael Keaton as an actor. You talk about right. a guy that they keep putting in films that doesn't seem like it was meant for him. Batman, Beetlejuice, it wasn't. Yeah, it's <laughs> Tim Burton. Tim Burton just kept saying, "Give me, give me, <laughs> yeah, give me yeah. him." So, Shelby, we didn't invite you on here just for us to, to ramble on about our love of Beetlejuice. Um, of course. We're going to give you the floor and let you talk about Beetlejuice for a second and um, how you started with it, what it meant to you, what your favorite parts, et cetera, et cetera. Ramble, young lady. Yeah. 
Gotcha. Well, uh, as a lot of you may not know, I have a brother who's about 10 years older than me. So a lot of the stuff that I kind of got introduced to is from him. So it's older things that I liked when other kids were like, what is that? What are you talking about? <laughs> and that was one of those things where right after he scared the crap out of me with whatever movie was his favorite, he would show me something along this lines where it was a little more tame. Uh, and then I absolutely fell in love with it because I was like, oh, wow, this is a weird movie that I like that I'm not crying after. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which, of course, if that scales it for you, seeing as how Shannon and you were both terrified of different things, I'm just like, ah, yes, this is not terrifying. The other things were terrifying. This is non-threatening. We're both so scared of how... E.T. at least. <laughs> true. Um, my brother just really liked to torture me. But it's cool. He introduced me to some cool stuff. But ever since then, it was, I kept looking for things that were like that. Like Nightmare Before Christmas kind of touched on it. And I think it was just because Tim Burton mm. is involved. So in you're both just the big old Tim Burton fan, is what you're trying to say. I guess so. But Beetlejuice is just like, it beats out everything. It doesn't matter if you, you find something else, Tim Burton, it's going to be beat yeah. out by Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice has a Tim Burton aesthetic, but it also is kind of its own aesthetic. Like it has its own sort of. Uh, to to say what the kids say, it's got its own kind of vibe. Like it's yeah. its own. It deal. wasn't. It wasn't mid. Well, that's why <laughs> yeah, that's, it's coming no back cap. every year in like hot topic around Halloween, right. and yeah, it, you know, it passes that vibe check. It's here still. I, I, I miss <laughs> the days when hot topic was like you know Beetlejuice adjacent because it went from Beetlejuice to um nightmare before christmas obviously all was, anime all the time and well, and, they, and then uh jared leto's joker it was the the past couple <laughs> years was 90 percent jared leto's <laughs> joker that's it yeah, yeah the worst true. joke ah, i don't want to talk about it <laughs> go back to beetlejuice or beetle guys um yeah that's also one of my favorite running gags is is uh alec baldwin i think is the only character who he says it right eventually, but he spends most of the time just saying it incorrectly almost every time that it comes up. Um, I didn't know until I, I looked into this, uh, another thing that I, I noticed today, how little he's actually in the movie. Because he is such a huge presence, the it's total screen time yeah. for Beetlejuice is like 14 to 15 minutes he has, in an hour and a half the, movie. They spend the now, whole movie not summoning him. Right. <clears throat> yeah, well, and, and he's the whole like what probably first first 30 minutes the first third of the movie he's just not there i mean they have right. to set up the family they have to kill him off they have to establish the stakes and the situations of everything that's going on um other stuff that i didn't catch until just recently i had no idea that the sandworms were on uh saturn or jupiter it's it's another planet it's saturn yeah wait what didn't catch that shit at all uh beetlejuice is the only one who references it he says it one time he notices they've got sand all over and he goes oh you've been to saturn too huh uh, sandworms i hate them you know he just goes on a whole thing about it yeah yeah i still didn't know that too you just told me so they went to saturn yeah saturn that's where the if you try to leave that's one of the places you can end up um evidently in the original cut another thing that they changed was that anytime you try to leave like your established haunt you don't always go to the same place uh, that was part of the reason they included that shot of the like the room of lost souls or whatever. There were going to be different things. One of them was like a, a bunch of clock gear spinning like through time and space, and the sandworm on Saturn oh. thing was just one version of that. that. That reminded me of another thing that freaked me out as a kid of uh, the flat guy that was on the the little. Oh uh, uh, yeah, hanging out. Yeah, didn't like him either. <laughs> I didn't like a lot about this movie now that I think about it. Uh, <laughs> but I always See, like. 
think one of my favorite parts was like the book itself, knowing yeah, that yeah. there was like some weird written guide to what to do after you had died. Like I don't no. get a guide in life, but you're going to tell me how to do it after <laughs> I'm done. Okay. I see. And yeah, because the bureaucracy kicks in. Yeah. And then there's this whole, like you said, bureaucracy behind it. Like that would be kind of, and then that's going to be like my point later at, after we talk about that. Um, <laughs> but like, and don't you have that book? No, I have a similar, I have something that looks like it, but fun fact, the handbook was never actually written. There's only like four actual pages and everything else is just like the, um, E pluribus unum thing where they fill in the oh uh, loris loris yeah. that kind of whole yeah yeah, yeah that crap so it, that's what it is with just random pictures so if you ever actually get yeah. a book it's not gonna have anything in it which is sad and I really want to make one that I was about to say maybe you stuff. should write the book uh, make it happen make it happen I think there's a there's a few steps I might not be able to <laughs> just die just die and come back and then write the book <laughs> All right, me, no that's me, why they cut that part of the movie out Shannon. <laughs> Uh, we didn't Sarah get the stats on this, a, by the uh, way. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, she's got a, a an iPad cover that is the handbook for the recently deceased that she likes. She swaps it out around Halloween every year. I also didn't realize that he was only in it for about 14 minutes because you're talking about a 92-minute film, which, by the way, yep. if anyone's listening, horror directors especially, that's your target time. I swear to God, yeah. that is the target time for a movie for me. I hour and a half, desperately maybe. miss the days of movies in general being one and a half to two hours long. Yep. Like, yeah, under just go back to minutes. that. Yeah. Agreed. Yes. There are so many times. There are so many times at night, especially in October, because I try to watch a, a horror movie every day for a, for a Halloween. Yeah. And yeah. I'll, I'll, you know, we get done recording and we get done playing Xbox and shit like that. And I'll go in there and like, okay, let's put, uh, it's 1130. I'm like, let's put a movie on. If I watch a movie, I'll yeah. be done by one o'clock. No, because you can't find a horror movie that's under two hours. So it's like, mm -hmm. well, now it's like 130 to two. And I don't want to stay up that late watching a horror film. Uh, so yeah, 92 minutes, perfect running time. Perfect running time. Yeah. Can't complain about that. Uh, budget versus box office. You're looking at $15 million on the budget versus $75 million box office. This was a success. It was a good success yes. for, uh, who, who put this out? Uh, Geffen. So it was originally uh, Tim Burton was working with Sony. He was working with a weird studio at that time, uh, and, and they just he had already become an established you know director and, and and star in that way. So they were willing to take chances on him to do stuff, but the script was too fucking weird for anybody. And so it was Geffen was a subsidiary of some other company, a major company. I think it was Sony. That seems right. And they sold not sold it, but like sort of transferred it over to Geffen, and they, they had them distributed. Also, I always um, loved that. I know this is off topic, but I have to mention that, because I was trying to find it on the cover. I always loved that poster for the movie, with Beetlejuice mm -hmm. sitting there with Alec Baldwin's head just in his him. hand. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. There's um, another poster, but it wasn't, good. it wasn't done to promote the movie beforehand. It was made as an aftermarket poster, and it's yeah. him as the carousel with his arms out. And that's oh, nice. one of my favorite ones, too. I was just like, oh, my God, I love that one. I okay. need this. And I can never find it. So another part that I forgot, and you're bringing back horrible memories that I didn't like as a kid, was the carousel. Um, so much of this movie, <laughs> so much of this movie was so creatively creepy and freaky and original. Yeah. That's what I love about it. That's what I love about this movie, even though, you know, as a kid, so much of it I watched like this with my kind of peeking through my fingers. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So and, one of the things they were they were intentionally trying to do, uh, uh, Burton in particular, said specifically in an interview later on, he wanted this. They had a limited special effects budget. It was like a million dollars that uh, of the overall budget to do that. He wanted it to look cheap. Like he wanted the special effects to look cheap and kind of B-movie-esque. Like an old B- I didn't, Like a Roger Corman type movie. Right. And and as a kid, of course, I didn't get it. Everything looked like that to me. But looking at it now, I remember having like that frame of reference and being able to watch it and going, oh, yeah, he's not just doing that because it's all he can do. He's intentionally almost aping like the style of those kinds of movies. And I mean, it is spot on. So how far do you think Tim Burton has fallen in the past 10, 15 years versus what he was <laughs> back then? Because Man, I I couldn't have loved Tim Burton more than back in those days. With, Shel- I think Shelby's agreeing. Are you agreeing? Yeah. Yeah. I do not like to discuss his work now. No. no. I'm, well, I, now that you mention it, I'm going to have to look up and see what he's done recently. Uh, Burton feels honestly, like while you're doing that, uh, an example of a guy like George Lucas. Nobody's telling him no. Right. He just gets to do whatever he wants. Well, I mean, That's this... what M. Night Shyamalan ended up being, and now everyone he's the butt of every joke. <laughs> well, yep. I would have told M. Night Shyamalan no from the beginning. He's done exactly one film that I like. Science and, was good though. And it was science. Yeah. No, that's it. Yeah. It's yeah. the only t- it's the only Shyamalan movie I liked. I didn't like Sixth Sense. Well, I didn't think it was as clever as everybody else did. And of the village, oh my god. The thing that ruined the village for me was being in the theater with Bob. And uh, our friend Jesse, uh, uh, Jesse, no, uh, Joey, what's his name? Jeremy. There it is. Fuck. Got Jesse on the brain because that horseman mount. You should have said friend. I think you just quote, went through every J name ever. <laughs> we sit down and Jody, watch the village. Jojo. Shabadoo. Jill, About 10 minutes into the movie, Bob goes, oh, this is, uh, I bet it's set in present time. And this is, and I was like, no, that's stupid. They wouldn't do that. Then that's what they did. Bob, uh, sh- Bob and I should watch more movies together, by the way, because I did the exact same thing. <laughs> listen, listen to these films. Listen to these films that Tim Burton has done in the past couple of years. Dumbo. Ugh. Uh, Mrs. Yeah. Something's Home for Peculiar Children. Uh, oh, is that oh, Miss Peregrine? Yeah, Miss Peregrine's yeah. Home for Peculiar Children. Here's a movie that I watched because I was actually excited about it and ended up hating Dark Shadows. Hated Dark Shadows. Didn't watch that yeah. at all. Despised I didn't hate it, but it was nowhere near what anyone thought it was going to be. It was very kitsch. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Not good. Nope. Corpse Bride. Okay. Corpse Bride's okay. Mm-hmm. He did do Sweeney Todd, and I did like Sweeney Todd. I'm, I'm a fan of Sweeney Todd. Uh, yeah. And back to Beetlejuice, but one other thing. I didn't know this. He did the video for the Killer's Bones video. I love that video. Didn't know that was him. Really? That's neat. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Huh. Um. Also wanted to mention, we're not the only ones that liked it. Critical reception for Beetlejuice, 85% positive critic reviews, uh, 7.2 out of 10 on Rotten Tomatoes, 70 out of 100 on Metacritic, which is generally favorable, and a B cinema score among audiences on an A plus to F scale. So it's a popular movie. Everyone loves it, except, you know, I don't know, Putin? Tanner, maybe? I don't <laughs> Pro- know. Probably. Yeah. I, I think uh, to go back to what we were talking about earlier, like a lot of the changes that were made, I know it's easy to say this now because we've got a movie that's great and, and we all love it. Um, but it just seems like a lot of really, it's like talking about Ghostbusters, a lot of really good changes. The screenwriters originally wanted Beetlejuice to be way more like homicidal and violent and like legitimate. It was much more of a horror movie. It was much more scary. I'd be okay. Um, 
and and that would have been cool. Don't get me wrong, but but for the tone they were trying to set, it was more. It would have come across more like Dead Alive or more like a like yeah. a jokey like schlocky horror movie. Right. This is a comedy with horror, horror elements. elements, like Ghostbusters. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and to me, that's that's really the best uh, the best way I think I've ever seen it summed up. If I'm giving Tim Burton any credit for anything on this, um, and I, this may have come from when he originally put it out, I don't remember when he was quoted as saying this, but basically, uh, someone asked him to kind of summarize the the movie in general and the theme behind it and how it felt, and he, had, I'm almost positive it was him, had said because Bolt Poltergeist had come out sometime in and around there, and of course it blew everything out of the water, and he said we wanted to make Poltergeist. But this time, the villains are the people. The villains are the people in the house. Like, they're the problem. It's not the ghosts. It's the people in the house who have got to go. Um, and that's it. I mean, that really is the spirit of the whole thing. Is like, what if you just flipped the whole haunted house thing on its on its head and went, well, the ghosts are great. These people suck. <laughs> what can we do about them? That's And that's one of the things that, like, I think that's why I hated Delia. Because whenever Lydia's yeah. like, oh, yeah, they don't want to come out. You didn't take them seriously. They were trying to scare you away, and they're upset yeah. that you weren't scared. She's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Just get them out here. We want to see them. Like, gosh, dang it. Right. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they are the, the real villains. I mean, Beetlejuice obviously has to play some role in that. But, like, yeah, it was yeah. years before I remembered that he was actually the villain of the story. Well, yeah, because he, he's anyway. the one that tried to marry the kid. That's yeah, true. And that's yes. Yes, he so did. that didn't really dawn on me until honestly I I kind of am ashamed saying this, but about like five years ago you when I actually like ran the numbers on everyone yeah, and I was like, yeah. oh, she, she's yeah. fourteen, right? <laughs> yeah, because I think if I remember correctly, Winona Ryder was seventeen, but definitely Gina Davis calls her a little girl like more yeah. than once. They mention her age and she's fourteen. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. almost positive they say something about it's not good for a 14 year old girl or something like that to be in the dark all day. Hang on, I, I, yeah, I so, something it. like that. She's definitely in her like like early to mid teens. And um, and Beetlejuice either was way, really intent on marrying this girl. Uh, I and don't he's like, also hundreds of years old. <laughs> I I don't like that they're remaking this film with Matt Gates. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> I am not well. Okay, not a fan. Legitimately of it. though, let's let's talk about it because they are the sequel. Supposedly is on again for the first time in a long time. So there was going to be a sequel to this movie because it was successful. People loved the character. It became a staple at Universal Studios. Uh, I know I've mentioned it on here before, but I I will forever lament the fact that I will never get to see in person what people in the '90s were seeing at Universal Studios in Florida, which was Ghostbusters versus Beetlejuice. Um, it's a great crossover, and so for their stage shows, since both of them had stage shows, they combined them eventually, and it was the Ghostbusters trying to bust Beetlejuice, and he was possessing them and making them like do song and dance things, and it was very funny. Um, he ends up riding away on top of Ecto-1 as they take off. But it was successful enough, they wanted a sequel. For years and years and years, the sequel was Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. I have no I, idea I why. remember that one. No clue why that. anyone thought yeah. that was a good idea. Yeah. Uh, but that was what it was going to be. There was something to that. Uh, there was something about like the Hawaiian. Shannon, you'll, you'll know because we've talked about it on uh, I Want to Believe before. Uh, are they called Firewalkers? The ghosts, the Hawaiian ghosts that like patrol the beaches at yeah. night? Yeah. Something walkers. Similar to that. I think that. they're called Firewalkers. Probably. Anyway, it was something tied to that. They were going to include them in some schlocky, jokey way. The thing fell apart. Nobody could figure out what they wanted to do. Michael Keaton moved on. Um, supposedly, as of last year, it's finally back on, and it's happening. And both Winona Ryder and Michael Keaton are back in. Um, they said, we'll only do it if it's good. 
I don't know, man. I, I keep hearing it. I mean, this is not really the point of this show, but what do you guys think? I mean, do we do this? Do no. we go ahead with this while the no. people are still around? No, you don't do it because, like, I feel like Beetlejuice is lightning in a bottle. You there's there's not a lot of places you can go from there, and I think they really yep. run, especially Tim Burton now. Do I trust Tim Burton now to create a Beetlejuice sequel that is up to standards? Right. Ugh. And plus, that's my biggest concern. And, and this is there's really be a, only two ways that you can make a sequel after that. One of them is very uncomfortable, and it's not going to be discussed because it's that's weird. Uh, but yeah. the second one, like, you're just going to have to embrace the whole dead thing, the whole being dead thing. Yeah, yeah. you could have like, Lydia yeah. die. Have Lydia die and protecting her kids from Beetlejuice or something. Maybe Beetlejuice wants to bang her 10-year-old daughter now. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we I'm can't actually, get too far in because some of this is going to get into epilogue territory. Uh, I'm yeah, actually, I'm, I'm, I, just said, I can't finish my thought because again. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the trivia. I didn't know this. In early visions, uh, versions of the script, it was said that Beetlejuice did not seek to marry Lydia in order to gain life among the living, but to have sex yeah. with her. Yep. Cons- considering yes. her age in the film... Makes this fact all the more creepy. Oh, if you want to make it worse, there was a version of that prior to where she had a younger sister who was 10, and it wasn't Lydia he wanted to be with. That joke he just made was quite literal. Oh, God. What's wrong with Tim Burton? For all the good you no, do. No, no, no. No, not him. Not what? him. The screenwriters. He didn't write it, remember. He only directed it. Yeah, also, that was their idea. Uh, Lydia... It's not actually specified. I, I I was remembering something from the cartoon. It's not specified uh, her age, but since she is about 16, 17, it's, and she's only ever spoken about as a grumpy teenager, 16 yeah. is the age that most people would place her at in this thing. Yeah. It's 12 in the cartoon. I was averaging the two oh, ages. Lord. Oh, yeah. Lord. Yeah. Yeah, well, importantly, I was going to say, in the cartoon, it's very much established that they are, like, friends. Like, he's mm-hmm. her best friend. She very doesn't have friends who are real yeah. people. Yeah, it's not. And I think in, in the cartoon, dude, they're buddies. They're pals. They're amigos. Which, they're which, this is a completely separate universe, Shannon, because in no right. timeline does that fit in with where the movie is. Because right, well, that's, that's what I was about to say. Prior. Yeah, uh, watching. So if you watch the real Ghostbusters, I don't, I don't want to compare the two, but if you watch the real Ghostbusters, real Ghostbusters actually takes place after the film. In fact, they reference the film. Right in the show in one of the episodes explains yes. why they got the different colored uniforms. Uh, my surprise. So if you watched real ghostbusters and then you went back and watched the film, it would make sense. Not the same for this one. I watched the cartoon first. I saw the movie and I'm like, what the hell is this? Why aren't they buddies? <laughs> He's such a dick. He's such a <laughs> dick. By the way, uh, if you're curious, the writer that wrote this, uh, one of the writers, Michael McDowell, who wanted Beetlejuice to bang the 10 year old, also wrote for uh, he he wrote the movie Thinner the screenplay for Thinner which was a Stephen King story obviously um, he wrote uh, he did something with the adaptation for Nightmare Before Christmas he had some part in that and he also did Tales from the Crypt a couple of episodes so I guess I can't hate on him too much but what a weird choice there yeah Thinner was not great either you Thinner and I was talked not about great. that a couple no, different times that's a disappointing movie. Um, this is one of those things I'm not going to find any other good place to mention it, so I'm just going to mention it now. I, I mentioned earlier, well, actually two things, uh, that it, it's notable for being a, a, a PG-rated film with an F-word in it. Yeah. Uh, this was after PG-13 had been invented, because, of course, that was, uh, or not invented, but brought about, because that was uh, Temple of Doom and Gremlins and a couple of others. Uh, but there are four movies. I don't know where the, the fuck is in Big, 
I don't I mean, remember that one. Me neither, but I barely remember that movie, honestly. Uh, and no one has ever seen Caddyshack 2, so there's no way anyone can know what that one was. Well, that doesn't exist. Uh, <laughs> That's not a film. But uh, You made that uh, Spaceballs. I straight up forgot that Spaceballs was also rated PG. Is it but really? I definitely, Oh, yeah, but I definitely remember, fuck, even in the future, nothing works. So, yeah, I mean, I, I had no clue. Uh, the other little like weird distinction that this movie holds, I had no clue I this was this true, one. but I feel like yeah. I should have. It's the first ever DVD sent out by Netflix in 1998. So, that's, kids, that's uh, so cool. Shelby, back in the day, Netflix used to mail out they mailed you films. I did it. No, I, I had to do it for my parents <laughs> because my mom didn't understand that they kept track of it. And I was like, yeah. no, you, you have to send that back. She thought she, thought she just... No, they no, sent they it to me. It They're to never going to know. Yeah. yeah she's like, no, you don't just send your mail back to people. Right. How are they going to find out? It's, she was thinking of Columbia House. Like, you but you give them a penny and you get 13 DVDs. My parents um, did that. Oh. I do remember having to go through all those magazines trying to figure out figure out what other magazines I wanted to subscribe of course. to. What was of course. that? <laughs> the fuck are these uh, magazines? So yeah, the, the first ever, uh, the first ever DVD sent out by Netflix. I had no idea it was Beetlejuice. I feel oh. like that's a good distinction. Like yeah. you kind of want to well, be that. Ne- Netflix yeah. really set the bar high by sending out, ne- you know, Beetlejuice first, and now they've lowered the bar so much by consistently raising the price without giving you any better content. And actually, hey, they're doing that from letting other people use your account. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, Netflix. but they're doing that Scott Pilgrim anime. Like, I can't be too mad. Come on, guys. They are the they're home of work. Mike Flanagan, and I can't tell you how much I too. love Mike Flanagan. Boy, whoa! You talk about. <laughs> I said this in the chat earlier. Low key, the best best voice in horror right now. Everything he does. Did you ever is great? Uh, did you ever well, watch that for, thing that he did last year? Was it the Midnight that Club that one? Thing. The Midnight Club. We yeah. wa- Lindsay and I watched two episodes of it and never watched another one. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, Jeff so he's, I finished it. He's it up was, and down. It was too geared towards kids for me, you know? It gets really dark. It really does not take does. into account the fact that they're kids. Like they, it, yeah. did the It's like, oh, they're teenagers? Okay, we're giving them very much adult problems, and we're only going to focus on that from here on out. You just forgot they were 16 because they're having to deal with it like they're 36. There you that go. Exactly. Let Mike Flanagan do Beetlejuice. Tim Burton, you <clears throat> hey, coward. I'm all right with that. I'd be fine yeah, with that. Yeah, that might actually be pretty good. I don't and, think know, he has a say in it, does he? It's not his character. No, Surely Tim Burton's stuff. not no, there. but it's one of those things that like if you do Beetlejuice 2 and you don't invite Tim Burton back for something, at least as a producer, it kind of makes you look bad. Yeah, it makes you look shitty. Yeah. It's like even, you know, they even kept George Lucas on payroll for the Star Wars movies in some capacity. It's you a know. shame they can't get uh, Robert Goulet to come back. That would be pretty great. Well, OK, so that was my other problem. Right, let's all right. Let's jump into the epilogues part of it, and we'll get out of here so we can go eat and maybe play a little Call of Duty. But before we do, Shelby, this is the part of the show where we give our rating. So we do the classic Siskel and Ebert. It's uh, two thumbs up if you love it, one thumb up if you liked it, one in the middle, one down if you're neutral, one down if you didn't like it, two down if you hate it. I'll go first. Uh, It's one thumb up. Five-star system. Yeah, one thumb up for me. I didn't love this film, but I do like it a lot, and it is a classic. Uh, I love the characters. Uh, It was catchy. It was funny. I appreciate it more now as an adult than I did as a kid. I get more of the jokes. I understand why Michael Keaton was so sought after in the 80s, especially. He was a fantastic, versatile actor who could do everything. Um, Winona Ryder is fantastic as Lydia. Jeffrey Jones and Catherine O'Hara are great as the parents. Um, And then there was, of course, Shandix, I think was his name. Um, Shaddix. Shaddix. Yeah, Shandix. I know it sounded bad. That sounds like (laughs) if I had my own channel. Shandix. You know? 
It sounds like one of those things that Tim Robinson says as he's collecting suits from the Brooks Brothers uh, store in the hot dog costume. <laughs> he knows that name better than he knows his own grandmother, Shannon. Before he hits you with a pop. Oh. So that's me. Hunter, what about you? Uh, it's probably no surprise here. I picked a lot of, <laughs> I kind of feel bad. I picked a lot of the movies that initially in the lineup for extras and epilogues for uh, yes, October. I was like, here's what we should do. Yes, you did. <laughs> um, it's, it's two thumbs up for me. Every, everything that we're talking about, you could probably guess in advance. Cause it's been ghostbusters. It's been hocus pocus. I, although I think I gave hocus pocus just the one. Um, it's not a movie I, I love, but I, I think it's pretty great. Uh, this movie I love. This is a movie that's intrinsic to me in terms of, I've talked about movies that like, shaped my sense of like what I like in a movie shaped my sense of humor. Um, again, it has that connection back to, I, I feel bad. Sometimes I think I talk about my dad, like he's dead. My dad is very much alive. Yes, you I do. should really be very clear about this. You my dad is very, very much bad alive. Habit of that. I've thought yeah. that twice now. And I I'm like, have... I know he's alive. <laughs> I will, I will talk about it more off the air, but I have done this at work a couple of times and had to explain to my co-workers what's going on. Uh, that he's, he's, I don't know why I talk about him like that. But anyway, uh, it's this great little connection I had to my dad. Every time I talk to him, you know, when I go to his home and not to his grave, uh, we, we, this comes up some way or another. Uh, it's it's just, a, like you said, all around, it's well acted, it's well written, uh, it's unique. One of my favorite things about it is just how unique it is, how different Extremely, it is from so yeah. many other movies. Um, so yeah, it's it's a clear two thumbs up for me. What about you, Shelby? Also two thumbs up. I'm shocked. Shocked <laughs> to say. Well, well, not that shocked. Not that shocked. <laughs> Honestly, when I was like only two thumbs. Now hold on. <laughs> you were going to bed. You could have grabbed his thumbs and put another one in there. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah he <laughs> ran off. He already knew. He's like, no, these are mine. Is, is this your favorite film of all time? Yes, this is my favorite film of all time. There it is. I don't think yeah. you. That was us with Ghostbusters a couple weeks ago. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. just all Cody time too. Classes. I mean, we brought in Cody for that night, and all around the room it. was just. He finally watched like, it. Well, we I knew it would be his favorite movie when he sat down. Right. I just, just watched this like three days ago, and talking about it, I want to watch it again. Thinking about yeah. it before we went into this, I was like, I should probably watch this before I go into work today. And you. Will. And then I was like, but <laughs> I just watched it, and I know pretty much all of it. <laughs> the <laughs> worst thing doesn't watch. matter. The worst thing about Beetlejuice by far. You know what the worst thing about Beetlejuice by far is? The universally hated that no one likes? The Nintendo game by LJN. Absolutely yeah, horrible. Fair. I rented it one I don't time. know that there is a good Beetlejuice game. It's the only Beetlejuice game. No, that's it. There's no, just, that can't be right. I'm pretty sure. There might have been a Game Boy um, adaptation, but I'm pretty sure. There's a, I there's gotta a know. Game Boy adaptation. Are you talking about the one where you have to go around shooting the spirits to collect them? And it's just awful? Yeah, so there's, um, okay, so there's three games. There's, no, yeah, okay. There's one on computer. No one's ever played that, but it's based on the cartoon. There's Beetlejuice on Nintendo. That's the LJN one that everyone universally hates. It's widely regarded as one of the worst Nintendo games. And then there is a Game Boy game, but I have never played that one. Is that the one you're talking about? I'm talking about, I actually have it on my Game Boy right now in my bedroom. Do you seriously? I do. Wow. I've never. It's so <laughs> bad, but it's Beetlejuice and I have it. Oh, shit. Developed by Rare. Developed by Rare, but released by LJN. There it is, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Not right, good. There you go. The targeting LJN. is terrible. You're supposed to, like, collect spirits that are loose in the house, but you're Beetlejuice and you're using your own powers. It's really weird. They don't really, like, there's not much story to it. It's just, hey, here's a level. Don't die. So, in case you were. I didn't. Hunter, in I case didn't you're know, wondering sorry, about real... the quality of this, here's a picture yes, from please. the game. 
Um, are you talking about the one that I'm talking about? Because it's, yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. That looks really bad. Okay, so that ghost in particular, he's like the first boss you encounter, and it took me so long to figure out how to beat it that it took me until I was an adult to, to like, figure out the mechanics of that fight. That That reminds me a lot of, I had, uh, on on the original Game Boy, I had the Adam's Family, like, movie game. Not Fester's Quest or anything like that, the the Adam's Family movie game. It looked like that, number one. You played as as uh, Gomez most of the time, and it was also so fucking hard. Why were all of these games so fucking hard? Because you had to be pixel per, like pixel precise. It's insane. Yes. It, um, oh my god, it's so bad. Shannon, I didn't know, and now I kind of wish I had gotten into this. Lego Dimensions had a Beetlejuice game. Yep. Had a, had a Beetlejuice pack. Yep. No clue. Had no idea this was a game. I had it. Between that and the Ghostbusters one, I wish I had, I had gotten a chance Dude. to get into this. Because that also means that there's a Beetlejuice minifig out there somewhere. Yeah, that's, I'm why, assuming. that's why I got into LEGO Dimensions. Because you had Beetlejuice, you had Ghostbusters, Sonic the Hedgehog, Back to the Future. They had all Lord of the Rings. They had all of these different characters you could oh. play in this universe. And I was, but the game was just fine. Once yeah, you got, once you got uh, past that, it was fine. I said I was really excited because I'm like, oh, that means there's a Beetlejuice minifig out there somewhere. Uh, I'm no longer, I'm no longer excited. Did it you looks see like it? that. Oh, hold yeah, on. it looks I bad. Can see it. I can see it. it oh looks yeah, real no, bad. it's it's bad. Not Did you see it. the sandworm though? No. no. Hold on. Oh, I see it now. Yeah. Okay, the sandworm's kind of cool. That's so honestly. cool. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, the one from quick. the if you see the package together, it's not bad. Um. But yeah. the minifig itself is not great. The, the, it's the hair so the, that's throwing me off. Yeah. Hey, the minifig with that sandworm is not the same from the package. You know, what's, yeah, Hunter, that's weird. what you'll really hate about it, and I hated about it, is the entire game, they did voices for the characters. It was voice acted, right? But, yeah. But Ghostbusters did not have voice acting. They just took clips from the movie and played them during the oh, scenes. Oh, they did the Call of Duty thing where they yeah. just throw in the voice, a uh, voice line, like yeah. Die Hard when they had, yeah. And it sounded yeah. bad because it sounded nothing like what it should have been. It sounded completely off. All right, epilogues. This is where we talk about what happens after the credits. What happens to these characters? Now, apparently, Beetlejuice could go to Hawaii. That is an that is an option. <laughs> uh, Beetlejuice becomes That's a ticket. Becomes the spirit of Matt Gates in the House of Representatives. There's a lot of ways you can take this. I I will leave it to you guys because you guys are bigger fans than I am, and um, I don't want to. You know, we're already at 50 minutes, so I don't want to burn up too much time. But I will say this, and this is the legit part: if they do make a sequel to Beetlejuice, which they apparently are, my problem with it is my problem with a lot of these films when they take a nostalgia act like this and and they bring it back, where the characters don't age, but the actors do. Beetlejuice is going to look like Beetlejuice 30, 40 years after the first one. There's no way to hide it. You can't bring back right. Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis. They're both also in their 60s. They Why yeah. would ghosts age? It makes no sense. It makes no sense why Beetlejuice would age. Lydia, sure. So they're going to have to put so much makeup on Michael Keaton to make you forget about it. He did a fantastic job. He did a great job as Batman in The Flash. Like, yeah. Like he didn't even look that old, honestly. He obviously yeah. was older, but he did a fit. So I know he can pull it off. But visually, how is it going to look? I am concerned about that, but I guess we'll see what happens. It's going to um, be like the same thing they did with Hocus Pocus too. It's just going to be mm-hmm. awful. 
lot of CG on their faces. Which I hated. Shannon, you got to run that ending before we can tell you what happens after. Yeah, well, Hunter, uh, so using the handbook for the recently deceased, and we've never actually done this because we just expect everyone to know the ending. We, keep we always forgetting. forget. Yeah. Uh, using the handbook for the recently deceased, is it Otho? Otho? Otho. Otho. Otho conducts what he thinks is a seance and summons Adam and Barbara using their wedding clothes, but they begin to age and decay as Otho had unwittingly performed an exorcism instead. That also freaked me out as a kid. When they got older, yeah. as, I hated yeah. that. Horrified. That could be your aging thing, by the way. Someone could be trying to exercise him, and it was a half exorcism. And Boom. it sticks. Age right there. Yeah. Horrified. Lydia summons Beetlejuice for help, but he will only help her on the condition that she bangs him. Marries him. Sorry. Enabling him to freely cause chaos in the mortal world. She agrees. Thus, Beetlejuice saves the Maitlands and disposes of Maxie, his wife, and Otho, then prepares a wedding before a ghastly minister. Also hated that. Freaked me out. The Maitlands. The Lailing guy. Yeah. Didn't like him. Maitland's intervened before the ceremony is completed with Barbara riding a sandworm through the house to devour Beetlejuice. Very cool. Finally, the Dietzes and the Maitlands agree to live in harmony within the house. Beetlejuice is stuck in the afterlife waiting room. He steals a number ticket from a witch doctor who shrinks his head in return. Also freaked me out as a kid. I'm starting to realize how much of this movie freaked me out as a kid. <laughs> hey, hey so what that, about it? That's the ending. What happens after the credits? I think I could be used to this. <laughs> Hunter, let's start. Let's, let's start with you. We'll give Shelby the last word. Okay, I, yeah, because I, I, I'm much more interested. I feel like she's got a, a full layout for this. She's wrote an um, entire treatment for it, yeah. <laughs> as as I want to do, this. yeah, of course. Uh, as, as I want to do, I, I, tend to, I tend to just throw out like a, a, a broad suggestion, maybe not a full description. So, number one, I agree with everything, Shannon, that you were saying. I don't think, first of all, I don't think Alec Baldwin's ever acting again. I think that's over after everything that happened with him. After what happened, yeah. Rust, yeah. Yeah, that's probably it. Um so I don't think you I don't think you do bring back Alec Baldwin or Gina Davis. I think we we let them go off and do their thing. Uh, they'll be referenced in the dialogue, but I don't think you'll see them. Uh, I do think that it's okay if Beetlejuice kind of ages up. Uh, like you said, they have ways around that. Not to mention, like he kind of looks he's, he's a character who's meant to be ageless anyway. He references existing him multiple times and all of this. So yes, physically he's going to look older, but that's fine. They're going to go crazy with the makeup on him anyway. Um, Lydia is older. Lydia is older because we're following her as the, the primary main character. Now she's the protagonist from the beginning of the story. I also think the only way that this works because it's obviously going to be about Beetlejuice, and I don't think you want to bring him back as a villain in the same way that you did the first time. Um, you, you're going to hate part of this because it's kind of what Hocus travel. Pocus 2 did. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. It's kind of what Hocus Pocus 2 did, but it's going to be there's a bigger batter threat, and the only person who can do anything about it is Beetlejuice. So well, I then, think then it's just a cartoon. I'm fine with that. Yeah, you're kind of forced, Lydia's sort of forced to bring him back, and they kind of have to have this reconciliation. Now, I'm not necessarily trying to turn him into a good guy, but I think in the day and age of Deadpool being as popular as it is, Beetlejuice can be an anti-hero sort of, um, you know, side protagonist to the story, uh, while still being like, oh, but you can't say shit like that, uh, <laughs> that kind of that kind of character. Uh Beyond that, I have no specifics. I think definitely Lydia having kids makes it more interesting, uh, especially if maybe they're being haunted by something she can no longer see because she's no longer as affected by death as she once was, but perhaps her kids are. Um, maybe she's lost a husband or something. That might be interesting. I don't know. And she's normal. Something like that. She's normal. Yeah, she's, she's lost pretty normal. Darkness. Yeah. But yeah. kids and, are goth, and, and she's trying to stop them. <laughs> And frankly, maybe that's why Beetlejuice isn't even interested in her. He makes a point to be like, eh, I'm not interested in that anymore. You know, it's it's, it's a whole oh, different thing. Not interested um, in you know, your uh, your seven year old daughter. Old. 
Somebody yeah, else's God. ring is on her finger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I promise she meant nothing to me. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So yeah, it's it's something like that. Um, what the ultimate villain is, I don't know. I don't think there's anything to pull mythology-wise from the existing uh, uh, story that I'm aware of. Shelby might correct me on that, but that's my sort of broad strokes. It's nothing special. It's a very blue, straightforward kind of film. Like, like Hocus um, Pocus 2? Yeah. Yeah. This is this is why I don't write movies, by the way, because I go for the most uh, sometimes like obvious, straightforward, here's the thing that you do. So, Shelby, save this and, and give us something better. Yeah, Shelby, right. what have you been playing for the past 10, 15 years? Um, no <laughs> lie. So many years I've thought about this. All right. So it starts off with almost like the intro to Monsters, Inc. You're in a dark room. Something scary shit's going down. Lights come on. This is where you see our family that we're starting with. This is Lydia and her kids, who are, in fact, being haunted currently. However, Lydia, again, you know, this whole, she's not part of that world anymore. She's not going to notice it. The kids are real fucked up about it. We're not going to stay in this room with them for too long, though, because we're actually going to follow this entity back through the closet to where they came from. So, again, Monsters, Inc. style, but now we're in the waiting room. And essentially what we're watching is the reformation of Beetlejuice. This is where they're actually trying to change him. So he's slipping through the cracks, these shadows. He's the fucking boogeyman in this one. But no one really quite gets it or makes that connection because he's just kind of seeping out. They're trying to control something that can't be controlled and it's it's slowly tearing him and everything else apart. And he's slipping through in the shadows, just oozing out. It isn't until, like, the end of the movie or the, the after we've kind of gotten settled in with everyone in, like, the afterworld itself. Almost like the uh, the cartoon afterworld where there's, like, the bone uh, neighbor, uh, Jacques, the bone guy. <laughs> uh, there's all these different undead people who are, like, in the process or in at the ending phases of being reformed so that they, too, can pass on. Maybe they've been lost souls from the soul room that were actually plucked out because they managed to no longer be as lost as before or something like that. But that's kind of what's going on. And it's at the point where they have to completely exercise Beetlejuice or he's going to just take over everything. Like everything on every side of that door is fighting the shadow creature. The thing that scares everybody. The boogeyman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember you. No. Not again. <laughs> yeah, just kind of one of those things where, like, oh, throughout the years, throughout the ages, whatever he's been summoned to do, whatever he's seen, like, he's gonna, like, that. I remember that. Like, yeah. And... Yeah, I like that. No. That'd be fun. Uh, especially uh, another thing that I didn't really catch um, early on, and I, I noticed it today, and I'm sure I've heard it before, but it really, like, lashed onto me was um, Juno, the, the uh, caseworker that works with the Maitlands, mentioning that he used to be her assistant. Mm-hmm. Like they do give him a little bit of a backstory. Yeah. Totally forgot about that. Yeah, that he, like, died oh, yeah. he died yeah. during the Black Plague, so like you know he's been around right. for a while, so you have a time frame for how long he's been floating around doing dumb shit. Right. And he, he worked with her for a little bit, but as she says, like he went rogue. He decided, you know, I'm just gonna go start scaring other people's uh, you know, folks. You can hire me separately. Never once mentions what he wants in return for that, but of course the, the justification is always, Yeah, but I'm gonna get out. Right. If you if you hire me, I'm going to use this excuse to go do whatever the hell he's I want. A, he's an independent contractor, basically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it would more or less. That theme, like in the in 
in Beetlejuice, they're trying to contain him. Don't summon him. Keep him right. locked away. So if we continue yeah. that theme in the second one to the point where we can no longer contain him, we have to get rid of him or everyone is fucked. Yeah. Who would you? Yeah, I, I like that. Who would you cast as the bad guy? I'm curious. You have anybody in mind? I don't necessarily know that it would just it would be a bad guy or a bad entity in general. It's just like everything kind of going wrong over a, a length of time and it just not being fixed. Like a just that, it, I think that's just that inevitable dread of time. Like that's yeah. the true terror is everything's going to come to an end and you have no control of it. And that's kind of the yeah, that that's the bad guy yeah. is time. What happens when the dead stop having a space to go after? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what scares me, is that your time's going to end and you have no control over it. No shit. Welcome, thanks yeah, for they... tapping into my brain. <laughs> well, they reference yeah, I mean, that, too. Again, the room of lost souls. I mean, the janitor says specifically, like, people who've been exercised, this is where they go. This is the death for the dead. Yeah. Like, but they're still there, and that's what I don't get. They're physically there. I see them. Right. How are they dead? Yeah, so are they just, like, uh, they're stuck in that one closet, or, like, how does this work? We find out that death for the dead means a whole different thing. Oh. Maybe death himself could be the bad All guy. All the way down. Like, death could be, Ooh. you know. I don't hate that either. Yeah, and yeah. and who plays death? William Sadler. It's a, uh, it's a uh, Bill and Ted crossover. Oh, I was trying who to played... place the name. Who played I the Joker? Jack From Nicholson. Joker. Oh, no. Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, yeah, Joaquin yeah, Phoenix. Yeah. yeah, him is death. No, 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 no. William Sadler. It's okay. I figured he should. Out. He should do more comedy. That would that would be good. I would like to see Joaquin Phoenix like legitimately do some some actual comedy. Hunter, do you remember the time he went on Letterman promoting his rap? That's album? what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm referencing. <laughs> Ooh, boy, that was rough. All right, and that didn't go well. That is going to bring our time here to an end. Um, thank you, Shelby, for appearing on a show finally without 9,000 other people. We appreciate you coming on. <laughs> no, it, was, it was good to have you on and actually be able to hear you speak, you know, more. Yes. Because <laughs> you get enough of us, you get me, Hunter, and Jesse in a room together. Ooh, just three yapping That's birds. That's just it, going man. At it. it just continues. It's on and on and on. Hunter, we're going to be back next week with an all new extras and epilogues. And what is the film? Well, uh, why are you throwing it to me? It's your favorite film. I know, but I want you to say it. It's an American werewolf in London. An John American... Landis, 1981? Uh, 81 or 82, if I remember correctly. I was going to say it's very early 80s. I know yeah. it's before It's before my Show time me, originally. Have, have you seen an American werewolf in London? Yes. It's so good. It's my favorite. It's the best werewolf film of all time. Um, Hunter, you've never seen it, right? This is your first time watching it, isn't it? No, I've seen it. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've okay. seen it. Yeah. No, I, I've never seen an American Werewolf in Paris. And I've seen the first like, don't watch. 15 minutes. Yeah, so that's the thing. I've had a few really unique opportunities in my lifetime. I've only seen the first two Godfather movies. I was prevented from seeing the third by our own Matt Sism, by the way. Yeah. Uh, he was the one who reached out and was like, you have a rare opportunity. Don't do this. I've <laughs> only seen the first three seasons of Supernatural, yeah. uh, which I hear is in my best interests. Yeah. Uh, and I've only seen the first 15 minutes of American Werewolf in Paris, and, and I will never take it. It's, I've seen up to the point where she falls from the Eiffel Tower. So maybe not even 15 minutes. And that's all I know about that movie. It's bad. It. It's, it's Julie Delphi, isn't it? If I remember correctly. I couldn't tell you. I think it's Julie Delphi. I couldn't tell oh, you. So bad. I, I saw right. it on a free preview of HBO back on my so satellite terrible. back in the day. That's next week, though. We're talking about American Werewolf in London, the good one. It'll, it'll wrap up our October edition of Extras and Epilogues. Uh, but we have all kinds of good shows. Shelby's going to be back tomorrow with Hunter and I on an all-new terrifying Shelby Thursday. 
uh, right here on Podzilla. <laughs> Did I steal it? <laughs> yeah, it's yours now. Uh, right here yeah. on Podzilla yes. 1985. Actually, we it's should have Tanner's literally in the room. We should, I can feel Tanner's in the room with us right now, and he's getting concerned. We, we should have Terrifying Tanner Thursday and Shit Yourself Shelby Saturdays. No, it's... I was going to say, like, shrieking. No, like, yeah, yeah, like better. screaming. That's better. That's better. Why has it got to be shit yourself? <laughs> that also it sounds like a command. It, it sounds it like you're telling her to do it. Right? It could have been any of these things. We'll be back tomorrow with an all-new episode of TTT. Until then, the balcony is closed. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow. And Shelby, just because this isn't Thursday, don't think you're getting out of it. Shelby, take us out. Uh, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice.